The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. This is something about Georgia, man. Georgia always seems to give Tennessee some trouble when they play at home against Tennessee. But I got a feeling this is going to be a little bit different. My goodness, Georgia's terrible. 6-23? and 1-15 and inside of the conference? Tennessee is favored by how many points, Ben? Uh, what did I say, 18? I thought I said 16. 16. My goodness. But today's touchdown turnover is about a freshman that showed up against Auburn, had his best game of the season, was active, had a putback dunk, had a three-pointer, had a ton of loose balls where he got his hands on. I saw what Bruce Pearl said, that the the 50-50 balls, the rebounds that Tennessee was able to get, it, it gave Tennessee an extra 20 possessions. And Brandon Huntley Hatfield's a big reason. Why does Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Ben McKee, go for double figures against Georgia? Double figures. Double figures. What's double figures? All he needs is 10 points or more. Double figures. Do we see that from Brandon Huntley Hatfield tonight? The home of University of Georgia in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm just kidding. In Athens, Georgia, do we see Brandon Huntley Hatfield double figures, Ben? Touchdown turnover. Uh, well, first, I'll encourage the good folks to go check out the front page of VolQuest.com because I wrote a story on Brandon Huntley Hatfield last night and Blue. how he has essentially turned his true freshman season around came in as a, a five-star according to some outlets a, a top 50 player we at rivals had him at 37 overall in the country after he reclassified and the number eight power forward in the country so we all know that brandon arrived with high expectations and unfortunately ever every high highly ranked recruit that that arrives at tennessee is going to arrive with high expectations and mm-hmm. un- I mean even now he really hasn't met those high expectations and they were unfair quite quite frankly yep. for a guy that is supposed to be a senior in high school and, and playing in the state tournament at the moment uh, but of late the last couple of games since he uh, had to start after the Olivier Camois injury since he's been thrown into the starting lineup I mean he's he's picked it up so I uh, encourage you to go check that out on the front page of AllQuest to to hear Rick Barnes kind of discuss why he has been able, been able to turn his season around. Uh, but I'll, I'll say turnover. I, I don't think he gets to double figures. I think he'll have a good game. I just don't think that's his game yet, uh, the, the scoring aspect of things. I, I think he can be a, a capable scorer, but the reason he has been so effective and, and so much better the last couple of games is because of his injury. Uh, or energy, not injury. His energy has it, been terrific. And it rhymes. You, you, I'm thinking of Andy too much. Uh, you you look at that Auburn game, and it was his energy on the glass 
and his pursuit of loose balls and um, block shots and, and some nice passes for, for some buckets for his teammates. I mean, that that's why he has been successful, more successful the last couple of games. It hasn't been because he's been scoring the ball. He's He had the great putback dunk against Missouri, which was awesome. He had a great putback dunk against Auburn. He had the big three to change the momentum of the game when Tennessee was down 11. What kind of three was it? A momentum-changing three. It was the Tennessee three. That's what it was. Give me a V. I don't know what's worse. Give me a O. I'm not going to go in on the Tennessee three thing today. Um, You're grumpy, man. I love Tennessee three. I just, I don't think it's bad. I, I just prefer the organic reaction. What's the what's the organic reaction? The crowd going crazy. Like I don't I don't I don't I don't want to hear somebody. That's just me though. That's just me. Just me. Uh, but I, I just don't think scoring is is the aspect of Brandon's game that he is bringing at at the moment. So I, I don't think that he'll reach double figures. Although when he has reached double figures this season, few and far between, but it has been against bad teams. Uh, especially <laughs> early in, in the year. He had 12 against Tennessee Tech, uh, 12 against UNC Greensboro, 11 against Kentucky and Lexington, although some of those points were were in garbage time. But he's only scored double figures in three games this year, so I, I'd be kind of surprised if he did so tonight. I'm going touchdown. This will be the fourth game he goes in double figures. He scored five points against Auburn. Um I think he had an opportunity to, to score nine, but um, wasn't as strong as he needed to be with the basketball in the paint. I think that will be highlighted in film study. And against Georgia, I think he should play a long time. I play him until his tongue falls out. This is a game where he plays a lot, and I think the Auburn game was a confidence booster for him. Eight rebounds. Eight rebounds. Had two blocks, five points. I think he doubles that effort versus the worst team I've seen in the SEC in a very long time. The worst team I've seen in a long time. Like Vanderbilt, when they went 0-4 in a conference, they were so close. They played. They actually played better basketball than Georgia this year. Who did Georgia beat? What team did Georgia beat? Alabama. Alabama ought to be a damn shame themselves. They are. <laughs> they ought to be ashamed of themselves, man. That that had to be the most embarrassing loss ever. Was that the game where Nate Oates was like, all right, man, it's time for y'all yes, that one. to turn it up on defense, so I'm about to start sitting some people. And that's when uh, Quinn Lee was, was, was benched against Vanderbilt. Was that, was that, is that, is, no, that, 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 is that not the, the game that happened? No, the, this Nato's comments after the Georgia game was was more of a collective just effort type of deal, not defense specific. The defensive specific comments were were more recent. That that Alabama Georgia game was about a month or it's been a minute since that that was at the beginning of conference play, first half of of conference play. You got you got to be embarrassed to lose to Georgia. Oh my goodness. You know who else this isn't a conference game, but uh, you, you know who else um, lost to Georgia? 
Hmm. Can you remember who else lost to Georgia? Georgia only has six wins, and two of them are absolutely hilarious from a Tennessee fan standpoint. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, 82 to 79. Is that the game you're talking about right there, Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Georgia beat Memphis. Early in the season. Mm-hmm. And if, if Memphis loses another game and does not make the NCAA tournament, right now they are projected as the last team to make it in. Uh, and as long as they don't lose this week, they should make the NCAA tournament. Uh, but if, if if for some reason they do lose this week, they can thank that Georgia loss for why they, they are not going to make the tournament. It's, it's kind of funny to look at some of the results on Georgia's schedule because there's a lot of Tennessee flavor on Georgia's schedule. Tennessee fans obviously thoroughly enjoy Alabama losing to, to this Georgia basketball team. We love to see Memphis lose to this Georgia basketball team. But also, remember that time where Tom Crean and Georgia played two Tennessee assistants in the span of three games, former Tennessee assistants, and lost to them both. <laughs> they lost to Kim English on December 18th by 13 points, and then they also lost to ETSU less than a week later. Mm-hmm. They, they lost to, to Kim English on a Saturday and then lost to Desmond Oliver on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of Tennessee flavor on, on Georgia's schedule in a good way this year. Hopefully it'll, it'll be even better. But you know what's crazy? You know when the last time Tennessee won in Athens was? It's been, it's been a minute. Was that Bruce Pearls? Brian Williams put back at the buzzer. The last time Tennessee won in Athens, Brian Williams put back at the buzzer. Mm. Isn't that wild? And it, and it is wild. Like Georgia has had some decent to, to good basketball teams over the last decade. Who was that little small guard, guard that just killed Tennessee? You know who I'm talking about? Yes. He was I, number I, one. I don't remember his was name. He, was he lefty? But he used to torture us. Let it fly. And then they had uh, – they had an SEC Player of the Year one year too. Yeah, the big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So they've had some good teams, but it's not like they they've they've had teams to where Tom Cream wasn't the coach though. No, it was uh, Mark Fox. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they haven't had the type of teams to where Tennessee should be losers of five straight in Athens, and and yeah, the last time they won January two thousand eleven when Brian Williams hit that buzzer beater. One of my favorite Tennessee basketball memories ever. Uh, I, I vividly remember that. To the, when I think of Brian Williams, I think of that tip back uh, at, at the buzzer. January 18th, 2011, last time Tennessee won in Athens. Man. So, we got we got to make up for all those L's, man. We we do. And, and win by 20-plus. But Georgia beat Alabama back on January 25th. And if I remember correctly, the, the comments from Nate Oates after that game was just that the, the effort needed to – to be better, Javon Quinterly got benched after a week, like a week and a half ago. The Kentucky game. Yeah. Um, they played Vanderbilt next. Yeah. They lost to Kentucky on Saturday, gave up 90 points without Ty Ty Washington or Severe Wheeler, and then Javon Quinterly got benched. They barely beat Vanderbilt, but then they destroyed South Carolina this weekend, and that, that was the best that they've played all year on Saturday. They Javon Quinterly, Jane Shackelford, J.D. Davison – and Keon Ellis, all four of their guards, like Tennessee's four guards, have been playing excellent basketball the last month and it's taken Tennessee to the next level. 
they finally got all their four guards to have a great night on the same night Saturday against South Carolina. I'll be curious to see if they can keep that up moving forward because if they play like that, Alabama's <laughs> whew, dangerous. J.D. Davidson only had three turnovers in that game. Only. That's pretty good for J.D. Davidson. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's, credit to him. He, he's – or. I'm sorry. I thought you said Javon Quinterly. Yeah, J.D. Davison, overrated. He, he is he is not good. Um, but I was going to say credit to Javon Quinterly because he he actually responded really well to being benched. He, he didn't pout or anything and, and came in. And Nate Oates quite literally said after the Vanderbilt game, after they squeaked that one out, that they would not have won that game without his effort and without his effort on the defensive end specifically. So I – I know he's Alabama, but in, in today's day and age of the transfer portal and kids just and – and it's not kids. I shouldn't say that. But just our society in general, when adversity hits, we are more prone to quit these days. It feels like uh, – to me, it feels like our society gives up so much quicker than we used to when, when something doesn't go our way or, or when adversity hits and – I don't know. I always appreciate when I, I see somebody deal with adversity and they don't fold. All right, he still might. He still might transfer after the season unless he's a senior. No, he's gonna go to the NBA. Uh, I think he's a junior. But, I, I bet you he'll try to go to the NBA. But Quinley had yeah he had he had twenty points. He's junior. He had twenty points and they um they brought Shaker off the bench against South Carolina. But I want to play Alabama in the SEC tournament. We need revenge for that loss we had earlier in the year. I would like to play Alabama too. Uh, a, I think Tennessee's a better team. I agree. B, I think Tennessee matches up well with Alabama. The guard, yeah, with the guards. Mm-hmm. The they guard don't play. They don't play uh, good defense most of the time. So as as long as they don't have, as long as Tennessee just doesn't have an awful shooting night, they they should be able to pull that one off. But mainly, I just want revenge. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's the that's the loss that. Probably the, the the toughest loss on the entire schedule because they were they we were th- were without our, some of our best players, but still had the game in hand and then just kind of folded late. So we got new players that have stepped up since then, young players that have stepped up since then. Um, I think Tennessee would would beat Tennessee for sure. Yante Maton, yeah, that's him. He, but he wasn't the guard. Yante Maton was the big forward that they. That they had, I'm trying to find the guard that just terrorized Tennessee. The little point guard, number one, I think he was. He was. He was. A he menace. just lit Tennessee up. He was a menace. All right, the other McKee says JJ Frazier. Oh yeah, JJ. And he was not number one. He was number thirty. Yeah. JJ Frazier just destroyed Tennessee every single time they played. He was like five ten. He was. He was a little bit taller than. Um, Zakai Ziegler, but he was crushing us. Other McKee says UGA would have been decent this year had they not lost their starting lineup, entire starting lineup, to other SEC schools this year to the transfer portal. Well, that sounds like a Tom Crean problem to me. Yeah. I mean, he, whoever said that is spot on, but there's also a reason that those players transfer. Exactly. Uh, GBL says, over under, Tennessee will name a receiver coach before March the 5th, our biggest recruiting weekend. Under. I, 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 the goal is to have somebody in place – this weekend for the big junior day. Yeah, I was kind of confused. Yeah, before. Like, 
Yeah, I agree with you. Before. Before. Well, he said over-under is kind of a, a weird way to word that question, but over-under before Saturday. So, technically, that would be the under. I would take the under because it would be before Saturday. Man, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get David Johnson's house that he had the first time he was here. I know, right? Let's go ahead and get that ready to go. We have Austin Price on at nine fifteen. If he answers the phone, doesn't go to, back to sleep after he's spooning his little chihuahua. Golly. I hope it's David Johnson. I'm not saying I know for sure. At eight twenty one. What about boys. Trooper? Uh, it's not gonna be Trooper. Don't, don't look like it. VFL 16 says, Ben, Tennessee 3 is great. Stop being grumpy. I agree. I'm not being grumpy. I'm just saying I don't like it. Tennessee 3. So I went to the Lady Vol game, and um, somebody made it 3, and I was expecting it. I didn't get it. I was kind of disappointed. Kind of disappointed. Um, Vol Storm says, not to mention Georgia's internal investigation regarding basketball. Hmm. They look like they've had a turn investigation. They look like they've been hit with more sanctions than USC and Penn State combined the way they plan. T-Money says, but will Josh stay in Memphis? I hope he does because that would increase the T-Money. You have to, I had to resubmit that one. I think Josh will stay in Memphis. As long as the Grizzlies don't screw screw it up, I think he'll stay. He, he genuinely – Loves Memphis, and he he can make so much more money in L.A. or New York or wherever. Chicago. But yes, he he could absolutely, but he he's the type that likes the the small market vibe. I mean that that's kind of how he was brought up in the country of South Carolina. So he he likes the it's perfect fit. the the small town vibe and and he is literally a perfect fit a perfect with fit. the city of Memphis. His personality. His yep. family's personality, it is Memphis to a T, man. Yeah. There's not a single player that matches the city they play in more than John Morant in Philadelphia. I can't I can't think of any player. I mean, Tyler Hero of Miami. I mean, he kind of matches Miami. Um, Julius Randle in, in New York. You know, Julius Randle was rough and tough. He's a rough rider in New York. Um Think about L.A. I, I guess I guess superstar Hollywood LeBron, but like John Morant matches Memphis, man. Yes, to a T. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And plus, with the the way the NBA works with contracts and uh, making all pro teams and rookie teams and winning different types of awards and increases the amount of money that you can make on your next contract like he is going to be able to to sign a big old supermax <laughs> in memphis to where he's making up to 40 45 50 million dollars a year and he's not going to be able to get that elsewhere because memphis is the only team that can, can that can give him that much money so uh, my fear is like right now the grizzlies are in a great spot and they have such a great team because they don't have that type of money on the books yet they they did give the one hundred million dollar contract over one hundred to to Jaren that extension before the offseason. but but that's not a killer, but it's it's going to be really hard to construct a team in a small market when you have somebody making forty forty five million 
$50 a year. So, so my fear is that. Go to state small market. Not anymore. They, they dropped they dropped the bag off to and then I don't, I don't I mean I don't know this to be fact but like I believe Memphis is the smallest market in the league um so even with Golden State being a small market I don't think they're as small as as, as Memphis but I mean but the Warriors put on a a team building clinic and and drafting clinic like look at the guys that they drafted they they weren't supposed to be what they turned out to be Draymond Green as a, a four-year college player, wasn't supposed to turn into one of the, the greatest glue guys of all time and greatest defenders of all time. Uh, Clay Thompson from what was Washington State wasn't supposed to turn mm-hmm. into the second greatest shooter of our, all time, arguably behind his own teammate, Steph Curry from Davidson. I mean, th- those guys weren't so – I know Steph was drafted highly. What was he, four, three, four, something like that? He was in the top ten. So, so he was – Top ten, but I, I mean, even then, that was that was viewed as a risk and, and viewed as it not going to work out at the beginning because he, he couldn't stay healthy with, with his ankle and, and knee, if I remember correctly. People question if he can play point guard too, right? So I mean, the 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 Warriors put on a team building clinic of how to build a team in a small market, and the Grizzlies have have been tremendous. There there isn't a single player on that Grizzlies team right now that is a bad basketball player. There's, there's not. So they're good. Can they do that while Jaws making 40, 45 million a year? It's going to be a big question. And hopefully they can because that's my only fear is if they can't, him not being able to do what he wants in Memphis by winning the championship. Memphis is the smallest market, TV market size, uh, 620,000. That's why they always get bumped off of uh, national TV games. That's that's why folks who are like, what? What? They hating on Memphis more. More. We need more John Morant. And I. Agree. I want to see more John Morant on ESPN, on you know, NBA TV, but the market size is not even in the millions. But we're reaching the point now, though, to where that should not matter. Like, John Morant is the talk of the NBA. He's most electric. Right now. And, and even with Memphis being a small market team, you, we've reached the point now to where you can put the Grizzlies on TV and not national TV and not have to worry about them having the, the smaller market because – People who don't even really watch basketball, it's kind of like, it's not to this extent yet, but it's getting there to, to where it's kind of like uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds now you're, the, in the, in the home run. Like, people who don't really care about basketball are, are tuning in to watch John Morant. I saw people on my timeline last night tweeting about John Morant that I had no idea knew who John Morant was, <laughs> that basketball is not their thing, and they were tweeting about John Morant. So you're reaching a point now to where you can put him on national televised television because, like, what you saw last night. Obviously, the dunk is crazy. The 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 lob before halftime, which shout out to Stephen Adams. That was that, one heck of a pass. That was crazy. I mean, th- those are two plays that you don't see on the ordinary. But literally every single night is a highlight reel of just amazing play after amazing play. The other night in Chicago when he went ham on Demar Derozan and the Bulls. I mean, he had the 360 layup, and his finishes at the rim are just sick. And, I don't like the way he said and, that. And, and his the way he drives to the rim is just it, it's incredible. I mean, he he pulled off the the Chris Paul fake pass the other day and kept dribbling to the lane to 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 fake out a defender. And Chris Paul was even impressed that he did it with his offhand. Chris Paul, when he pulled pulled it out, he did it with his right hand, his dominant hand, and Ja did it with his offhand, his non-dominant. And so, it, I mean, he is a walking highlight reel, and it's amazing to watch him every night. 
because it it's something new every single game. It is something new every single game. It really is. It really is. 865-255-03. San Francisco is not a small market. Let's see. Golden State is seventh. That's right. That's right. My bad. But I, I, want, I would love to see like a study, kind of like Alabama football and how much their success has generated money for the university and the town of Tuscaloosa. Like, I'd love to see some some data of, of where Golden State was before, before this surge, uh, both in terms of kind of money that they've been able to spend on on guys and, and also within their market as well. Because yeah. I guarantee you it's it's increased, and I'd say it's probably increased dramatically. We got Oakland and San Fran right there, right there next to each other. Their metro population is 4.7 million, and they're seventh in the league as far as TV market size. But – I do wonder what where it was before, right before Steph Curry got to the league. But yeah, Golden State is top ten market size. New York, L.A., Chicago, Philly, Dallas, Toronto, Golden State, Atlanta, Houston, and then the Washington Wizards for for you NBA lovers out there that wanted to know that eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three man the text box says it is. A listener base that loves the NBA. Man, this text box is going crazy right now with the NBA talk. Because John Moran. I saw a, a radio host in, in Nashville tweet out last night. I'm talking about John Morant tomorrow, and nobody can tell me not to. And, and I mean, he had like 30, 40 responses of like, yes, please talk about John Morant. It, it's, and this is a, a separate conversation and a sad conversation that, that has to be had. But it's time the rest of the state of Tennessee recognize what they have in John Moran. I, I know we like to isolate Memphis, and, and Memphis doesn't feel a part of the rest of the state of Tennessee, but it, it's a shame that John Morant gets more national pub than he does within his own state. That's facts. Stay from the 423, and I'll go to uh, a break on, uh, out on this. I can't stand NBA basketball during the regular season, but John Morant is becoming appointment television. That's facts. Hour two will continue after this. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. 
To see a real life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at swainevent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. I know missing the show live is a bummer, but don't fret. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Awesome! Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. 
Irish Networks. 90 days, no payment for business, fiber, internet, and voice. IrishNetworksUSA.com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Time to highlight some positivity today. And um, I'll throw it to you, Ben, for the oop. Yep. And I'm going uh, to bring it down like John ja Morant. John ja Morant, I'm on my Grizzly. Shout out to J. Cole. Uh, I do want to legitimately give John ja Morant an attaboy, and then we'll keep it moving, put a bow on that conversation because he, he had the dunk and, and all that. That was fun. But last night was just incredible. He had a, a, a deep three that was Steph Curry range. He had the poster dunk. He had the wild buzzer beater right before the half. And in the midst of all that, he scored a franchise record 52 points. So just an incredible outing for John Morant. But also want to give uh, an attaboy for a fellow Memphis point guard and that Kennedy Chandler because Kennedy Chandler was named the SEC Freshman of the Week yesterday afternoon. Uh, the SEC press release reads a six foot, 171 pound freshman from Memphis, Tennessee, averaged 18 points, five rebounds, and four assists per game in wins at Missouri and against number three Auburn. He scored 13 points on five for 12 shooting in the win over Auburn including a floater in the lane to seal the win with 32 seconds remaining. Chandler posted a dominant showing at Missouri with 23 points on 9 for 12 shooting, a career high and team high, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 0 turnovers in a team high 37 minutes. So Kennedy Chandler named your SEC Freshman of the Week and is very deserving of that honor. The game is just... Slow down to, to Kennedy so much. Uh-huh. That was a that was like an elite eight, sweet sixteen type of game on Saturday against Auburn. Final four, final four, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you got two of the better teams in the country, and right now Tennessee is a a top what top twelve, top fourteen team according to the net, rank, net rankings. Yeah, and uh, I know we talked about the AP poll and that not really meaning a, a ton because media members hate their job, but Tennessee is up to number 13 in the AP poll, and the, the one that I care about is Ken Palm. That, that, to me, is the most accurate ranking, and according to Ken Palm, Tennessee is ranked 10th in the country. 10th in Ken Palm, and they are the like third-ranked SEC team. Kentucky, the number two team in the country. Uh, the top 10, I'll just give you the top 10. Uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Baylor, Arizona, Duke, Houston, Kansas, Auburn, UCLA, Tennessee. Arkansas, 19th in Kim Palm. Metrics not, not as big on Arkansas as the AP poll. Arkansas up to 14 in the AP poll. So this Saturday inside of Thompson Bowling Arena, it'll be number 13 versus number 14. It sounds so crazy because, you know, Arkansas has been – They've been on this hot streak, but this is going to sound bad. It's going to sound like I'm a, I'm a hater. But I, but you are a hater. I, I just I just don't think Arkansas is as good as their record. And that's crazy because you are what your record say you are. But I look at I look at JD Note and like he like he he is special. Like he is he is special, but at home, I think this team is is unreal, just kind of like Tennessee is. But how concerned are you about? I, just, I don't know. Them? Man, I ain't sold on Arkansas for some reason. 
It's weird. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you for sure. It's weird. How concerned are you about Tennessee playing away from home in, in the tournament? Because, I mean, they're 6-7 and seven away from Knoxville. And obviously the NCAA tournament and SEC tournament is not played in Knoxville. How big of a concern are are you with that? Oh, I'm concerned. That makes me nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. The The reason why I'm not nervous or freaking out or uh, glass half empty is because when was the last time Tennessee like played in a neutral site game away from away from Knoxville and it also wasn't on the road at another opponent's arena. So that, when was the last neutral site game? Yeah, the last neutral site game. Texas I, Tech. That was a long time ago. It was. I mean, you look at the game being canceled at you know, play, have an opportunity to play against Memphis. SEC play started uh, on the road against against Alabama. You beat Arizona at home, but Texas Tech was the last time you lost that game by five, and you shot the ball as worse, uh, as bad as you have all season long. And that game, when was that game? Way back in December, it was December seventh. Yeah, December, December. Yeah, December seventh. Since he's played three neutral sites, neutral site games this year, and in two of the three, they have been absolutely embarrassed. Yeah. Now well, the, well, the, I mean, the final score against Texas Tech wasn't. I mean, they only lost by five and lost in overtime. But I say embarrassing for that game just because of how poorly they played offensively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, in in those games, the offensive showing was was terrible. Defensively, I mean, you were you were good, not as good as you are right now, but like that was a different team. And that's a that was a long time ago, uh-huh. December the seventh. It is March the first. That was the last time that Tennessee played in a neutral site game three months ago. And moving forward, every game is going to be a neutral site game after we play Arkansas at home. So we have seen this team play better away at opposing teams arena. But the last time we saw this team play a neutral site game was, was was almost three months ago. Like you just said, they'll have to do that in the sec tournament. How will they play when the crowd may be 50, 50 or 40, 60. Now you play Kentucky. It's going to feel like a little bit of a, of an away game, but it won't be like rup. I was actually sure. going to bring this point up. I, I do wonder, I, I was thinking about this on my drive home. From the show yesterday, or drive to the gym, because we get it in on Monday mornings. That's that's what we do in the dark. What is done in the dark will come to the light. Um, but you didn't put it on Instagram, so it didn't happen. I actually did post it on Instagram yesterday morning. Now you probably didn't do nothing. Now, now I didn't post any Andy-type videos of, of putting my butt cheeks into the camera doing squats, but uh, I, I posted a, a photo of me being at the, not of myself. I would never do that. I don't have that much confidence in myself, thankfully. Um, but I was listening to a, a, a college basketball podcast and, and they were discussing Tennessee's record away from Thompson Bowling Arena. And it made me wonder, like, yes, there, there won't be the distinct home court advantage, but man, 
that Sweet 16 game in Louisville against Purdue a couple years ago, it 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 wasn't completely Tennessee fans. There was a nice showing from Purdue fans, but I'd say it was 60-40 Tennessee fans. Tennessee had the edge in, in terms of fans there, and it was it was pretty raucous. Could Tennessee fans in the tournament make it as close to being a home game as possible without it actually being a home game and, and give Tennessee – an advantage in those situations. I, I think it's certainly possible, even aside from the Sweet 16 game, uh, go back to Columbus that year for the round of 64 and the round mm-hmm. of 32 when we played old Colgate in Iowa. I mean, it was there were a lot of Tennessee fans there that, that made Tennessee feel right at home. So I do kind of wonder if, if Tennessee fans can help Tennessee here in March. It's, and part of it will de- depend on where Tennessee ends up playing. But if, if it's a pretty location that – Pretty easy location for Tennessee fans to access. I, I think Tennessee fans can help out Tennessee in the tournament. Hope Don't so. you think? I think so. Don't I you think, think that so. can kind I mean, of offset some of the record away from home being concerning? Yeah, because, I mean, this team has admitted that they feed off the crowd. And, you know, 20,000 people in the arena cheering for you, that's that's best-case scenario. But if you can get a 50-50, 60-40 crowd and some of our fans being loud, that's going to energize our team. So my point is, and I think it's the same thing, same point you're trying to make is this this team, this team hasn't played a neutral side game in a very, very long time. They've grown up in a, in, a, in a lot of different ways. They're a different team than they were December the 7th. So I'm not as, as nervous about playing away from home. Um, maybe it's other, other folks because – I mean, this this team has grown up in a big way, and there's new guys that stepped up, and guys like Kenny Chandler. The game is so slow to him. Like, remember that Villanova game? Like he looked he like was a freshman. Overwhelmed. He looked like a freshman. Play Villanova today. I don't think he plays like that at all. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he does not play like that uh, one bit. The game is so slow to him. He challenged the best shot blocker in the country multiple times, Ben. Multiple times. I just don't think he's doing that early in the season. He 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 picks and chooses. He knows the right time. Take the ball to the basket. When there's a couple ball reversals and he has one side of the floor to operate on, like he is being really smart about when to take his shot, when to drive the ball, when not to. Whereas early in the season, a little too early in the possession, he would do those things, and it was either a turnover or a bad shot resulting in a fast break the other other direction. I I am concerned about it though, just because I, I I do recognize that it was a long time ago, but just not even neutral site specifically, just playing mm-hmm. away from. TBA that the team has looked different for, for the most part. When, when they haven't looked different, it's been against crappy teams. Thousand percent. So uh, that and, and the offensive droughts at times are my two biggest concerns going in to, to March. Today is March. I can tell it's March. I, even the last couple of days, like the, the last week of February or so, these these big time games against Kentucky and Arkansas and, and Auburn, as March is drawn near and, and gotten closer, I can tell it's March. Because I don't know about you, Swain, but I'm starting to get nervous. Like, it's that time of year where, where tournament's right around the corner. 
and starting to get nervous. At, at least I'm nervous for this basketball team, and I'm and I'm mainly nervous because I love Rick Barnes, and I don't want him to have to deal with all the blowback of of a less than stellar NCAA tournament performance yet again. He is so much better than the the the, the stigma that surrounds him in regards to the NCAA tournament. He is such a great coach, and I, I hate that he gets so much blowback for his lack of success in the NCAA tournament. And um, Josiah dealing with Ken and, and, and whatnot. I just, like, I, I don't want the, the these kids, young men, are are, are so awesome, and, and they're all good at basketball, and, and they're fun to pull for, and, and so is Rick Barnes. He is the epitome of class and what every head coach in America in any sport should strive to be in terms of how to run a, a program uh, from a, a culture standpoint that it, I just don't want them to fail and, and deal with all the, the blowback because, unfortunately, there are Tennessee fans who do not like Barnes, uh, have not liked Barnes since he got to Tennessee and, and are just sitting on the edge of their seat waiting on him to fail to jump his back. And I just that that's why I'm nervous. Weird, and weird thanks, man. And I, I can be that nervous. A because I'm a fan. And I want my school to do well. But B, I love Rick Barnes and, and these players, man. It, it's impossible not to root for for this group of people. And I, I don't want to see them fail and and then have to deal with the blowback of of coming up short once again in the tournament. That so I I I'm starting to get that nervous feeling because of those things. I understand. And, and which tells me that March is here. I know the calendar flipped over to March 1st today, and it's obviously March. March is here. But I, I've been able to feel it in my bones that March was around the corner because I'm starting to get nervous for the tournament. <laughs> I understand. I understand. 865-255-03. Downtown Falls says I'm not too concerned. Every, everybody playing away from home in tournament time, everybody in the SEC has struggled away from home this year, should be an even playing field. Um, Mark, I have to reword that 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 question there on the text box. Who was the basketball player in this weekend? I'm gonna need a little bit more information. Yeah, I need a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Small dogs are cats, and cats are pointless. From other McKee, absolutely. Uh, Tennessee's a better team, but Alabama lives and dies by the three. If they're hitting the threes, we will get beat because they throw up 30 to 40 a game. Well, they haven't been making them this year. They throw them up. They haven't been making them. And they don't play with the pride on defense like they did last year either. Defensively, they they don't, they don't they're not as good as they were last year at all. But they do have two of the better guards in the in the country. Man, Alabama has probably, arguably, the best guard tandem in the country. Arguably. They're really good. All right, let's go to the phones. Got Daniel, North Carolina. Daniel in North Carolina, just over the mountains. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Jason. How's it going? Greetings from yesteryear, former TSR listener back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> oh, man. Those were the times right there. Uh, good times. Good times. Uh, got a question. Yes. Um, you know, back several years, it's been a long time, but, you know, you heard talk years ago about guys like Ken Beheim, Tom Izzo, Bill Self, the best coach in the NCAA that hasn't won a championship. Uh, where does, where do 
think Coach Barnes falls that category. Ooh. Izzo one one. Um Yeah, and they got that you know, they got that off their back after a while. Yeah. But you know, as far as like in the NCAA today, where's where's Coach Barnes ranked as far as the coaches that have not won championships? I mean, is he not the best that hadn't won? I, yeah, I mean, I, I think about I think about uh, Rick Barnes. I think about uh, Bobby Huggins up there at West Virginia. That was the first one that came to mind outside of Barnes. Yeah, yeah I mean, Bobby Huggins should have won one in Cincinnati. The year that Kenyon Martin oh. got hurt, broke his leg, that team was number one in the country. That, that, like that, that Cincinnati team was mowing through people. And, yep. I, you know, I remember when um, – Martin broke his leg, and you know, it, 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 they just wasn't the same team. But yeah, I gotta put Rick Barnes right there, you know, on the top five. It it isn't it nice to have that. I mean, I, listen, let's just be real about it. Isn't it nice to have a coach that is a legend on the court, off the court, and all these folks that want to criticize? I'm with you. People that want to criticize Coach Barnes, they're football fans that don't know how to pull for a basketball. Team. I, I can appreciate it. I think you guys have done a great job, and I appreciate you guys everything you do. You know, trying to educate fans on basketball season, especially in December and early January, you're not going to be the same team. The key is to get ready for now. And um, we, you know, he's come to Tennessee and set records. He's yep. done some things that haven't been done, and I appreciate him. And he runs a program. Nobody has had to worry about from Dave. Yep. And I appreciate that. And I think Coach Barnes, I'm certainly, of course, we're all pulling for him to win the national title. But even if he doesn't, as far as I'm concerned right now, he's my favorite Tennessee basketball coach of all time. I'm 43. I've been a while, around a little while. So thank you guys. Appreciate all you do. And uh, go ball. Thank you. Throw in Mark Few, Gonzaga as yeah, well. He, he's probably number one. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been beating on that door, though. Yes. He's been beating on the door. Almost won it last year. Yep, almost won it last year. He'll be in the mix again this year. Out of the older coaches, not not including some of the, the younger guys, like uh, Nate Oates or I know Eric Musselman isn't young per se, but he's kind of just coming back to college basketball after – being in the professional ranks there in the mid-2000s, I believe. Um, excluding those guys because it kind of seems like they, they still have a ways to go and plenty of time to win a national championship. I, I immediately thought of the older coaches who it seems like they're they're at the tail end of their career, Bob Huggins and Mark Few and, and Rick Barnes. I mean, those are the first ones that come to mind. Yep. Yeah, hopefully, man, hopefully he's able to. To, to to get to the final four, man. What'd you think of him saying uh, on Inside the SEC, telling the the team that they are national championship contenders? Deacons don't lie. <laughs> Deacons don't lie, man. Tell it's the just, truth. It's so shocking to hear him say that because that's not the Rick Barnes that we see publicly. That that is not at all what we hear him tell the media or say on his post game show or. 
radio interviews, TV appearances. We we just don't hear him say those type of things. So it's it's funny and and cool, I guess, to to see the curtain peeled back and see him say those type of things because we we don't get that type of Rick Barnes outside of the locker room. And thanks to SEC Inside for allowing us a, a peek inside. But I, I thought it was interesting that he said that. I'm glad you brought that up because, like, being a coach is more than just telling dudes where to go. It's more than just the X's and O's, and it's more than just laying out some drills and say, all right, we're going to do these drills. Coaching is about a relationship with your players and your team and knowing what's best for them at the right time. You see coaches all the time, even in a win or even with some success, they'll point out where the improvement needs to occur, where 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 there's room for improvement. Improvement, not improvement, but improvement. And sometimes, like, you need to hear the positivity. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you need to be brought down to, to – to life a little bit. Your head gets big, you start floating up by the clouds. You need to be brought back down to life. But sometimes you need to be told, yes, you are good. Tennessee has beaten Arizona, Kentucky, and Auburn at home. Those players know that. But it's it just means something when your coach tells you, yes, you are a national championship contender. You are. Don't don't let it get to your head. Don't let it affect how you work. Don't let it affect how you go about your business, your focus, your preparation. Don't don't let it do anything like that. But sometimes you just need to know that you're doing a good job. That positive reinforcement. Think about the time when your dad or your mother told you that you were that they were proud of you. Oh my god. It'll, it'll light your whole world up. And a coach sometimes needs to do that. And that's what Rick Barnes did. He's on him. He's demanding. But also knows when to put their arm, put his arm around the team and tell them, look, we all know. This team is a national championship contender. No cap, Ben. Did I use it right? Proud of you. No cap. Hour three coming up.